was like, he, we haven't even done the podcast yet. He's already editing it. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> How does he do that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I guess I still have Peacock, even though the 26th was supposed to be the last day. It's It's weird. It's almost like... I was getting these weird, like, warring messages between Peacock and Xfinity. Like, so Xfinity sent an email a long time ago. They're like, hey, June 26th, the last day. So Xfinity sent a message on the 26th. They were like, hey, today's the last day, but remember this deal. And remember all the good times we had. Uh. And then, like, two seconds later, (laughs) I get an email from Peacock uh, that's like, let me see. I think I saved it, actually. It was the weirdest thing. No, I guess I didn't. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, attention, because you're a Xfinity internet user, you get two more years of Peacock. What? what? Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, get your <laughs> act together, guys. This obviously was not I, planned. I'm surpri- I would be surprised if in two years, Peacock or Xfinity existed <laughs> in their current form with how much like corporate consolidation there is i would be flabbergasted yeah you're right i mean two years in like someone's gonna like amazon's gonna buy xfinity or something and name it like amazon (laughs) infinity or something or 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 oh god uh, peacock's gonna get absorbed into hulu by disney disney's gonna buy nbc uh comcast is gonna buy disney or something there's there's gonna be something like that ted elon's gonna buy it and rename it elon's cock uh, I mean, that's <laughs> definitely what's going to happen. Or, or pee on Elon's cock. Yeah, it's something. It, it's it's definitely going to be him because he just can't <laughs> pass that up. Which, by the way, I mean, they're they're already like halfway there. The, the hilarious no, thing wait, about wait, 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 wait. No, he's going to na- rename it Dogecock. Dogecock. Because, yeah. you know, that meme from 2011 that's still super funny. I know. Everything has to be. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're honestly almost halfway there with that marketing because... <laughs> They always, like, misguidedly try to work their name into some promotional week. Or, like, last October, they did, hey, it's Peacocktober. And I was like, no, you can't. All anyone's going to see is Cocktober. Cocktober. That's all anyone's going to see. And so they, they looked at Hulu Ween, which is actually very good. <laughs> yes. And they're like, what can we do? Oh, okay. Peacocktober. Yeah. Peacocktober, like Peacock. No, we don't no. see the P. We no, only see the not, cock. That's not how that works. Because it's so perfectly centered. It's like when you put the P and the Tober on there, it's like the cock is like just right cock. in the middle. Cock's right in the middle, baby. Yeah. And so, but, and so. They didn't learn from that mistake, or maybe they just love the the wink at people, and that and that people like me will take a picture of it and put it on the internet and go, <laughs> guys. But the guys, latest thing that do? they the latest thing that they put up was, hey, this week is Peacock Fest, and I'm like, it still <laughs> says Cock Fest. It still just says Cock Fest. <laughs> like, don't you can't maybe maybe you can work. Pee into something, yeah, like yeah. end with peacock. <laughs> Happy Pride Month! It's Peacock Fest. Yeah, Happy Cock. Happy like something. Cock. There we go. Yeah. Happy Cock Pride Month. Ha- ha- happy, happy <laughs> then it just cock says month. Cock Pride Month. Ha- happy Cock Month. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's you just picked a name that you're not going to be able to work into any puns because it's already got a super dirty word that is fun to put in other puns. So it's, it's got one very dirty word and one like <laughs> PG dirty word. Yeah, yeah, one misspelled PG dirty word. So that if you, yeah, <laughs> but when I mean, you put was... them to, when you put them together as two separate words, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, exactly, and that's and so you just can't 
you just can't name any promotions after you know after your name so no. but they're gonna keep trying <laughs> next just get ready for cox stravaganza and so that's next month cox giving <laughs> coming this fall to shit vag and they're like no that's not better uh but so i you know enjoy uh summer slam or whatever's coming up uh you know while you can um all right should we get going <laughs> might as well yeah all right we talked to each other like oh no it was last week around this time i was like we talked to each other sunday but no we didn't that's the other thing i mean hell i might as well delay it even more because <laughs> oh, um, yeah. so you text me and you yeah. said uh what what did you say like hey i can't do sunday is uh yeah. is, is is it okay if we do it on thursday i'm like yeah that's totally fine yeah and i, I think because you you tell me I, I don't i don't remember if you told me like there was a reason that you couldn't no do i it didn't because sunday. i'm an awful liar and i couldn't i mean i had a story ready to go but i was like i'd rather just not lie because i'm <laughs> yeah. the worst and when I someone just, entrusts me with a surprise you, and i just took you at face value <laughs> thinking like oh, okay yeah they're going down to virginia uh, or, or something or Maybe something Jackie's got yeah. a softball game or something you just said hey i can't do this weekend i'm like yep. okay yeah sure let's do it earlier yeah. And lo and behold, I thought it was for you. Turns out my wife surprised me with ah. a weekend in Austin. I'm like, okay, all right, <laughs> sweet. It was fun. Yeah, so when you <laughs> ended that um, podcast last week, I don't even know if this was recorded. I don't think it was, but you were like, yeah, so it looks like I got a Sunday off. Grace is working, and I'm just going to be alone, I guess, like binging some TV or something. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like trying not to... <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Don't ask what I'm doing," because maybe that was your way of guiding. Like, yeah, here's what here's what I'll be doing Sunday. What about you? Because <laughs> like, I just wouldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here, here I am, just saying what I'll be doing, and you're like, yeah. "Sounds fun." Bye. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, this week Sarah wanted to go out of town, so I was like, "Well, damn, we already had a Thursday scheduled, so I guess yeah." We'll just, so uh, we'll just we'll just push the. Uh, push the patreon up to next week which we yeah. we have a few new patrons due to i'm assuming us publishing the episodes on youtube uh because we're, we're oh, reaching a, a bunch of new people with this nice yeah well, that's, so good damn. great idea that was all you that was that was your doing well uh, yeah i'm just i'm just the one like putting them up yeah well thanks um, for doing that and and i just you know i, I was just like well you laid I, that somebody... groundwork though yeah, it was our um, it was it was Libsyn who was like, "Hey, YouTube's making a go at this. You should really get it on YouTube." And I'm like, "Whatever, fine." <laughs> Another what? What's one more place? But I guess it's working. Yeah, absolutely. I, very it's, cool. Uh, it's working working very well. Um, but we've had a, a couple new people discover us. Uh, but I'll, I'll get into those whenever we do our Patreon shoutouts. All right, awesome. Well, uh, let's let's finally get into it. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 7, Episode 4, The Hot Towel. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Reunion. How could I forget? I always forget every week. But The Reunion, a huge episode, much loved by both of us. The only thing we really wanted to do was a little bit of more of a dive on Todd Stashwick, the guy who played the uh, executive, what was his name, Seymour something or other? No, I don't remember. They said it at the very end of the... Oh, Sandy Goodman. <laughs> yeah, Sandy Goodman. Is. What we discovered during our little bit of homework during the show was that he's been in at least one episode of like every show that I loved that got prematurely canceled. They all have that in common. I'm not blaming him. Like So, for instance, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, 
He was in the show called Life with Damian Lewis from Homeland that I loved. He was in The Good Guys with Colin Hanks and uh, the dude from Happy Gilmore, the evil guy. Oh, not Happy Gilmore. The dude from um, Billy Madison, the evil guy from Billy Madison, whose name I know, but I forgot. Uh, he was on Revolution with i think zach orth was on revolution who we mentioned in the same breath as todd stashwick as kind of these guys who are cast in kind of the same roles like nelson franklin and that guy from mad men who we mentioned uh but so my brain probably though i think associates todd stashwick because when this when i read this credit it, it unlocked something he was on heroes for six episodes hmm, which okay. i watched the entire run he played eli this guy who could clone himself and was part of a carnival that was like uh, of, of sort of evolved humans who were touring as uh, in disguise in this carnival. And he was the right-hand man to Samuel Sullivan, the primary villain of season four. But then Eli turned good, meaning that, as the fandom wiki says, Eli served as the former secondary antagonist of the second half of volume five of season four. <laughs> Somebody... <laughs> Took the time to write that out on a fandom wiki uh, and, and knew that other fans would know what the hell they were talking about. But I obviously was not too huge of a fan. And also, probably I recognize Todd from this. Aside from his improvisational uh, work in Second City Theater, he worked for several years in late 97 through 2000 on Late Night with Conan O'Brien as part of their rotating stable of comedy actors. And I'm so I'm sure, because that was like prime time for me watching Conan, you know, I, I saw Todd Stashwick in a couple of, of sketches. I should have looked up Todd Stashwick best of on Conan or whatever and seen what popped up on YouTube because I would have loved to have seen like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. But by the way, Stashwick remains true to his improvisational roots, producing, performing and teaching at his own improv theater that he co-founded in North Hollywood called The Hot House. I don't know if it's still there, but uh, at one time that was what was going on with Todd Stashwick. So that's all the homework we had. Um, here is some other trivia and tidbits. Not only was that not Julia Louis-Dreyfus's real daughter in the episode, as I discovered, but in real life, she has zero daughters oh. and, two, and two sons. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. So the Julia in the Curb universe is not, I guess, the canon Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She, too, is playing, I guess, a caricature of herself, much as Larry David does. A uh, person with two daughters and zero sons when it's actually the opposite. Uh, Larry and Julia discuss the phrase chomping at the bit and whether it might be champing at the bit. And I was super surprised to find out that this is one of the most commonly misspoken phrases because the original form is champing at the bit. Really? Yeah. Which what had a similar world? meaning, but just goes back to like, hmm. you know, whatever Victorian times, whenever people started talking. But and so it does specifically mean to chew noisily, generally with no intention of swallowing. But as the word champing sort of fell out of use, it was replaced with chomping, which was obviously very close uh, in meaning. And, you know, so that's what people say today. But originally did start as champing at the bit, which I had no idea. Larry yeah, was absolutely so right. weird. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> you know? uh, I also found this out. Uh, Todd Stashwick's character, Sandy Goodman is completely fictitious, not actually the president of NBC, uh, but at the time of the broadcast of this episode, the president of NBC was Jeff Gaspin, who had just taken control, and people think that Todd Stashwick is probably kind of based on this guy. I don't know if we're going to see him again. I guess we will, but 
this guy, Jeff Gaspin, started at NBC in the 90s. He left for VH1, then came back in 01 to NBC and was named Executive Vice President of Program Strategy, where he helped develop new programs such as The Apprentice. So thanks, Jeff Gaspin. Oh, no. Jeff Uh, Gaspin gave us President (laughs) Trump. Yeah. Uh, And The Biggest Loser as well. And in 2002, NBC acquired the Bravo Network, and that and and Gaspin became president of Bravo. What? I just thought of like a, a bit to uh, a very lame bit of like, wait, are you still talking about President Trump? Because <laughs> you said the Biggest Loser. Oh, uh, good one. God, uh, I I hate myself for that. <laughs> so maybe he made up for coming up with the Apprentice, or at least helping get it on the air, because when he took over for Bravo. Uh, and became president. Put uh, he was one of the guys behind getting Queer Eye for the Straight Guy on the air and oh. Project Runway. So, the the, yeah. the OG Queer Eye. Yeah, yeah, the nice. original okay. on Bravo. Yeah. Uh, then he was named president of NBC Universal Cable and Digital Content in 2007. He was a key executive in the creation of Hulu hmm. and NBC Universal's push into the direct to consumer business. He resigned in late 2010 as a precursor to Comcast taking over ownership of NBC, which happened in 2011. And uh, Robert Greenblatt, the former president of Showtime, took over. Gaspin founded Gaspin Media, a production and consulting company, in 2012 and co-founded a subscription-based online TV network called Tap TV, which uh, that happened in 2013. I, I don't think that's around anymore, although when I Googled it, it looked like it was still going on. But, I mean, there was nothing recognizable, like no shows that you would know. Tap, T-A-P? Yeah, T-A-P-P. T-A-P-P TV? Yeah. So you might remember their promotion. They ran PP Fest for a long time, and I was like, "You guys, that that's not going to get people to subscribe." Well, maybe some people. <laughs> Cut to the sicko from the Onion. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> PP Fest. <laughs> um, but when I googled Jeff Gaspin, this was the top news story from the Rap dot com in 2011. The headline: Jeff Gaspin defends bathroom. It was $60,000 and not my choice. <laughs> so oh here's, my some of the, here's some of the article. Ousted NBC Entertainment Chief Jeff Gaspin called to protest that the bathroom he built on the Universal lot was a lot less expensive than we reported. Please stop writing it was a $200,000 bathroom, he protested. The bills came to 60000 for the bathroom. We had to restructure some offices, make a conference room, create a bathroom. It all came in a little under 200000 Gaspin was understandably perturbed since Waxword wrote six months ago that part of the reason he got canned was the $60,000 bathroom. And furthermore, he said he never even wanted it. I was perfectly happy and willing to take an existing office, he said. It was management's preference that I stay on the 11th floor where I could be on the 11th floor with other team members. They preferred to build me an office. Gaspin acknowledged that even $60,000 was probably a lot just for the bathroom, but the fact that the bathroom was huge was also not his fault. It had to be wheelchair accessible, he protested. So, I mean, I don't know if uh, anyone in a wheelchair wants to chime in and, and let us know whether 60000 is a good price to, you know, make a bathroom accessible. It seems a little excessive to me. Uh, but Gaspin then denied his bathroom had anything to do with his ouster in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> which I found uh, absolutely hilarious. Uh, I'm doing a little bit, lo- little bit of looking on Tap TV. Their uh, yeah. website is down. They do uh, not own TapTV.com anymore. Uh, uh, they haven't tweeted or retweeted anything since March of 2017. 
Uh, and uh, before then, they hadn't retweeted anything since July of 2016. And before that, January of 2016. And before that, June of 2015. <laughs> so that they're really not, really not uh, a- active much longer after they launched. Uh, their, uh, their last original tweet, their last tweet that was not a retweet, was May 4th, 2015. So very shortly after they launched, like two uh, years. <laughs> Yeah, and it was Jeff Gaspin going, stop asking about the bathroom. <laughs> um, I did find while I was uh, looking up stuff about the reunion episode, uh, this article from Entertainment Weekly from September of 2009. So, you know, a month or two before it premiered. And I guess they had were, you know, they had done kind of a big story about the reunion, but they asked, they had some bonus quotes from Jerry about why they were reuniting now. Uh, for instance, on why they decided to reunite. He said, doing it with Larry on, and on his show just seemed like the only possible way it would be fun. We would never do the type of thing that these shows usually do. That wouldn't be our style. But something like this that was sillier and a little more offbeat felt like it might be right for us. Uh, and on getting together at Larry David's house to write dialogue for the reunion show, he said, we did have this one scene that Larry and I wrote, as we always did, really fast. We were just boom, 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 like a tennis game where you hadn't lost any of your skills. We knew each other. We could read the lines. It just goes right through the processor. Oh, I know what to do here. I think you're over here on this one. Why don't you walk? I'll follow. Yeah, yeah, right, right. That was a lot of fun. So it sounds like they fell right back into their old routine when they were writing it, which is uh, very cool. And uh, on being back on stage 19, where the old Seinfeld sets have been taken out of storage, he said, the best analogy is a snow globe. You're walking into a miniature fake environment that had been recreated. I could go back in your, uh, as I told people about it, I could go back 10 years in your life and recast your friends, recreate where you live, everything exactly how it was. And somebody with a headset points at you and you walk in now and there it was. And you go, Jesus Christ, this is my old life. We all felt like it was a very special experience just to go back in time (laughs) in life as a fantasy. One of the coolest moments was a sit down again in that little foursome that we always sat in. Somebody suggested something about some camera shot. Can you switch? And we looked at the guy like, are you kidding? Because we would always sit in that exact configuration there was no way we were going to change now uh and jerry by the way says he kind of came up with the running gag on the show whenever larry suspects someone of lying he does this squinty stare into their eyes and he says i came up with a heightened version of it kind of a double test you stare in their eyes you look away and then you look back about an inch from their face with your eyes even wider open so you do like a double take uh stare down i guess maybe we'll see that during this uh, reunion or maybe it's just something he used to do that Larry sort of cribbed and now does on the show. So yeah, there's some other quotes in here. Maybe I'll tweet out this article from uh, at no hugging. If you are interested in the rest. So do we know if um, I guess this is a question I could ask, could have asked you uh, last week. Uh, are these the OG Seinfeld sets? Did they take them out of storage or did they rebuild the sets? I guess so. I think they, I think they just came out of storage, I guess. I was going to say, because they, they look good, but, I mean, we never yeah. saw the OG Seinfeld sets in HD, which I'm so yeah. glad that they <laughs> waited until this season to do a reunion season. Oh, yeah. So so that we can see everybody in HD. Exactly. Yeah, that's very cool. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, no, from what I heard, and maybe we'll find out more, you know, in, in trivia and, and tidbits and stuff, but, yeah, from what I understand, they, they brought them out of storage, which is great. They, you know... Kept Still him had them. Throw yeah. Him in a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, throw him in a dumpster <laughs> like the Merv Griffin says. Them down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, do we have any other news or anything? I don't think so. 
Okay, so if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show despite the last 41 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, being, I knew it was going to be a bad oh one. Oh my God, being almost exclusively research and <laughs> bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 14 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at no hugging on Twitter or no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. If you like us a little bit more than that, give us a follow over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you get early access to extended versions of the episodes. And for $1 a month, you get a thank you at the top of the show. I want to give a special thank you to our patrons for the $1 tier. We got Michael Klatsky. He is the lone member in the Spare a Square tier. <laughs> so thank you, Michael. Uh, everyone else in the It's a Hyundai tier, we got new patron H.E. Pennypacker. <laughs> we got dry bones we got nate collins tamara ortiz the guys and gals at the idiotville podcast john murphy but not kathleen murphy <laughs> will hall danica Lagorio, j-dog conlord nick kudla adam webb and megan stolarski at least we have will hall for one more episode we are mm. recording this episode prior to Will Hall's Patreon expiration. So, Will, this is the last thank you you're getting from us. Have fun in Freebie Town, man. <laughs> Will Hall your ass to Freebie Town. Is what we're gonna, we're gonna Will do. Hall your ass to Peepee Cockfest. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that is, you should sign up for Patreon because I'm sure that ended up over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it belongs. <laughs> all right. Uh, all that being said, Season 7, Episode 4, The Hot Towel. Original air date, October 11th, 2009. And if you were looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry Ratsout, Christian Slater at Ted and Mary's anniversary party, but later gets his payback at a restaurant rendezvous. Boo. Yeah, I fucking hate this so much. Boo. This is so yeah. awful. Anyway, no good. your turn. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to be able to just burn that to the ground at the end, but we'll see if we can make it better. I don't know. It might be tough with nothing to work from, but all right. Uh, so we open on a plane, and Larry is arguing with a guy who has decided to wear shorts on his plane trip because <laughs> what a he... fucking, like, bone to pick. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like... I agree with Larry. Like long pants on a plane is is the way to go. It, like long pants when you're traveling via air. I like wearing but, my joggers. They're they're like yes. sweatpants, but they don't look like sweatpants. Yeah, I know. Yeah, people slum it on airplanes all the time in whatever, and like that's funny. Like pajama pants or or joggers, like you're saying, or you know, I'll go with jeans. But but I got to agree with Larry. Although I mean, it's one of the unspoken rules of society. I mean, that's all. You know, it's. It's it's but it, it's one that I happen to agree with um, that this guy is is flouting. So the guy's like, "What? Well, what if this was a woman in a short skirt? Would you say the same thing about her legs?" And I love Larry's response: "If they were hairy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's at that point that a flight attendant comes around with a hot towel, and it's so hot it burns Larry's hand. <laughs> 
And so cut to the doctor's office, and it's Dr. Bookman again. Yeah. Philip Baker Hall. Uh, I call him Dr. Bookman, of course, because that was his name in the library, the Seinfeld episode that Philip Baker Hall appeared in, season three, episode five. But we've already seen him in Curb as Dr. Morrison in season four, episode one, Mel's Offer. Uh, and he's back. And uh, oh, uh, Bookman was also in the finale, by the way, of Seinfeld. And he, interestingly enough, uh, Philip Baker Hall died around this time last year in 2022. Oh, yeah, June of 2022. Dr. Morrison is wrapping Larry's hand, uh, but he would not testify in a lawsuit that Larry would bring between himself and the airline, <laughs> which I agreed with Larry at first off. He was like, that's kind of, I, I thought too, that was kind of messed up. Like, uh, you know, Larry points that out. Like, I, you know, uh, he, he didn't like that response. But then Dr. Morrison was like, you'd be hard pressed to find a doctor who would, you know, take part in a lawsuit, you know, high, what did he say? Like a high value lawsuit for a burn of that lack of magnitude or whatever he says there. Yeah. It's like, anyway, it's, <laughs> it's not a big enough burn that would get you any amount of money from uh, any lawsuit. Larry mentions that he really likes the opera that's being played in the waiting room. And the doctor said it was inspired by his visit to a restaurant called Mateo's that has opera singers performing live arias while you eat. And Larry thinks that sounds pretty good. He's like, oh, man, you know what? I got a, a friend's anniversary coming up. I'll get him a gift certificate. Uh, and before Larry leaves, he asks for the doctor's home phone number, which I think anybody would agree is an unreasonable request. Yes. <laughs> and very, very odd request there by Larry. The doctor reacts and responds as such because he does have, like all doctors do, a service that you can call and they'll relay a message to wherever the doctor is. But Larry pretty much demands the doctor's home phone number. And Larry David has overestimated how much we loved their arguing about phones back in season four because they do it again here. Uh, and until the doctor makes an exception to his rule about not giving out his number as Larry leaves, uh, to just to get Larry to leave the office. But if you remember, they argued about whether Larry could use the phone in the examination room in season four, and that went on for like five minutes. And then when this was happening, I was like rolling my eyes and groaning like, oh God, why is this another storyline between these two guys? Uh, so in the parking lot, Larry runs into Mary Jane, who... They introduced in such a way that made me go, wait, have we have seen, we seen her before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I had to think back. I'm like, was she in season one or anything? Yeah. Uh, uh, even as like a in <laughs> passing, like, hey, yeah, we used to date. No, no, I don't think so. No, I, I don't believe so either. Uh, but apparently they did used to date uh, as we're judging from context clues. And they want to go out. Uh, you know, Larry wants to go out again and, and catch up. Uh, he can't do it tonight because it's Ted's anniversary party, but Mary Jane knows somebody who's going to be there. Christian Slater uh, will be there. I, I loved this exchange where she's like, oh, tell him I said hi. And there he goes, no, but. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I, I, yeah. I like that. Because I mean, like, how many times like do you, you run into somebody you're like, oh, yeah, you saw that person? I love that person. Tell him I said hi. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No. This is the response that everybody wants to give when someone says, tell him I said hi. Mm, no. <laughs> no. No. That's okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, how about we go out on a date tomorrow, they suggest. And uh, I got to say, Larry Sterling was once again really on point. He just seems like a guy who gains confidence from having – such a lack of confidence, like he's got nothing to lose. 
He's a man who knows he has nothing to lose, so he might as well. I was always like right in the middle, like not, you know, didn't have enough game to be so confident that I would go up to talk to anybody, but also had enough shame to know that I shouldn't go up and talk to any women. Like always just like right in that middle spot of like just debilitating, uh, you know, uh, social anxiety or whatever you know but larry's like right there at the bottom of that bell curve like what do i care i talk to a woman she tells me to fuck off everybody tells me to fuck off every single day what what did i lose or gain (laughs) (laughs) honestly that's the end of the spectrum that i belong in but i could never get there so over at ted and mary's this was another great interaction to get us into the the party scene larry walks by a a person carrying hors d'oeuvres and he goes mozzarella Like a disgusted gnat. <laughs> like it's her fault. <laughs> nah. Like a disgusted nah. I like that. Nah. nah. No. Why would you even be carrying that? <laughs> why would you ask me if I wanted mozzarella? Don't you know society's <laughs> rules are not asked to let, not to ask Larry if he but wants But like, he cheese? checked if it was mozzarella. He's like, is that mozzarella? And, and she just kind of like nods or whatever. And he's like, nah. <laughs> uh, and he walks over to Jeff. He sees Jeff there, and he tells uh, him about Mary Jane. And he asks if they can pick up sexually where they left off. And Jeff says, "Oh yeah, all that stuff you did before that counts. You can pick up right where you you know right where you left off." Which I like that rule. <laughs> um, it seems to be the rule with exes. I think that's an unspoken rule of society. You don't have to build back up to anything. It's it's kind of understood. But the, there's a problem because Larry's hand is wrapped. He is a lefty bra unhooker. He can't make a lefty call, but he's a lefty bra unhooker. And so (laughs) he thinks it has to do from when you are in the car and you sort of reach over and, you know, you you unhook the the bra. But that's your your most free hand from like where your other hand would be like pressed up against the seat at that point. So that's probably why his left hand is so good at it and his right hand has fallen behind. Um, And so he is still trying to cast Cheryl in the reunion. So we are... Picking, we, we are getting a little hint of that Seinfeld story, but I love that that is all of the Seinfeld reunion story that we get. Yeah, there's there's nothing else it's, uh, to it in this episode. It's pretty hilarious to like create this fervor of like, the Seinfeld cast is finally getting back together. What a and great episode. Four, yeah, and we're four <laughs> episodes in to the 10-episode to the season, and we've gotten <laughs> one with anything more than like a passing reference to them. Yeah, and then the next episode is like nothing about them at all except one mention of this continuing story thread. <laughs> but it's like everyone's like, oh, man, what are they going to do this week? Nothing absolutely nothing nothing. (laughs) um and he gives ted and mary their present he goes over and talks to them and says happy anniversary and stuff and and they are shocked at his 300 (laughs) dollars gift certificate uh mostly considering his previous gift to them was the freak book (laughs) which he still thinks was a great (laughs) book uh and he's a little bit insulted which was was that for their anniversary as well that was for ted's birthday Okay, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I know it was last season, which in real time would have been two years ago. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it would have been funny if it was just still the same occasion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been really weird to give someone a freak book to for their anniversary present. <laughs> would have made it even funnier. <laughs> um, at least it made sense kind of as like a gag gift for your buddy's birthday. But um, yeah. he's almost like insulted that they're so shocked that he gave a good gift. They're really going overboard with like being <laughs> pleasantly surprised at it, uh, and he's picking up on it. And he's also kind of insulted when they choose to go circulate, which 
is something a host has to do. Like, what? how long did you want them to talk to you? How long, Larry? You know, it's like you gave them a gift. They said you, you exchanged pleasantries. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, What's the time I'm, limit that you had in mind? I'm confused <laughs> by this as well. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah. No, the, the host has to circulate. He says it sarcastically, but it's true. <laughs> um, so it's at that point that he does run into Christian Slater. And although he doesn't say hi, he does... The first thing he does is mention Mary Jane to him. So it's almost like saying hi, you know, uh, and then he chastises Christian for going way over his caviar allotment. I mean, Christian Slater is like loading <laughs> up the caviar to a point where, like, honestly, I don't think I've ever had caviar, but I've heard it's like I was going to ask you if yeah. you had caviar ever. Have you ever had it? I don't think I have. I haven't. No, but I, it, it, it's just fish eggs. I don't I don't get the. I, I don't get the appeal. I don't think I would like it. Yeah. But then again, I've never had it. I mean, I'd have to try it if given the occasion, but I've also heard it's like super salty. Yeah. And so a pile of salt on a cracker like that, I'm like, is it really? On, like... on an already probably <laughs> very salty yeah. cracker. Yeah. He's like loaded up on caviar. And Larry says he's going against an unwritten rule of society. Christian Slater thinks there's no limit to, he's like, no one's around. He's like, and, and Larry's like, no, you you get some. You step away. See if anybody wants any. <laughs> then you can step back and have more. That's the unwritten rule of society. And he does us the uh, you know benefit of laying out another unwritten rule of society, feigning concern for a stranger's cancer diagnosis. So now we know two unwritten rules of society. You tiptoe at night around the house. And also, if someone tells you, of so even someone you don't know has cancer, you go, oh. You do that. That's an unwritten rule of society, <laughs> just like not taking your, uh, no, not going over your caviar allotment by letting other people have a shot at the table. Uh, this is something that we should have done, like from the beginning of uh, us doing Curb, is keep, keep a, a running show Bible <laughs> of Larry's unwritten rules of society. I don't think it'd be hard to go back and do this. No, because the um, yeah, the other one that came up when he talked about the tiptoe one was I, I don't remember what that unwritten rule was. He was trying to tell Cheryl and, and Loretta, I think at the time, what the unwritten rule he was talking about to them about and then laid out that one as an example of another rule. You know what I mean? I don't remember what it was. But don't take your over allotment of caviar, tiptoe around the house at night, feign concern <laughs> for stranger, even strangers' cancer diagnoses. <laughs> um, and Mary uh, Steenburgen, Ted's wife, comes over and tells larry like wow you really went to town on the caviar but then he's the one who says that it was christian slater and oh, yeah mary he agrees him right under the bus i mean rightly so <laughs> i mean ted and mary already hate larry they don't need another reason to do that yeah that's true um, that's true well they they hate him like under the surface yeah their surface is still very friendly it would just be another thing on that pile though that makes yeah. up the surface you yeah. know it's like so but mary agrees too like no yeah he went over his allotment like that's kind of messed up so Susie and Jeff are announcing their gift to Ted and Mary, which is a song by Sammy. And Larry is aghast at this. <laughs> I got to admit, I was cracking up during this sequence because he's looking around. Everyone else, here's an unwritten rule of society. When a child sings, you feign interest and support. <laughs> Even if it's not great, like Sammy's performance was, you go, oh, yeah, no, this is all, you know, this is amazing. Uh, but Larry is looking around, and he's shocked that everyone is following this unwritten rule of society that, you know, you're, you're silent and supportive while a child is is singing. Uh, and Larry's saying, what the? This is the worst thing I've ever heard. 
and he starts clapping her off mid-chorus. Yay! Oh, yay! Good! That was a great song. <laughs> of course, this pisses Susie off to no end. But Larry is like, what? Oh, I thought the song was over. What? No, she was in the middle of a chorus of a well-known song. Um, out of the valet stand, Christian Slater is pissed at Larry because Mary is pissed at him for taking so much caviar. Uh, and I think... You know, again, I think Larry is still right in this situation, but it's funny that they got someone like Christian Slater to be a caviar hog. You know, it's like he's a respected actor who, you know, <laughs> could afford his own caviar. And he's at this party going, mm, oh, um, <laughs> just munching on this caviar. <laughs> like he's never like like we would if it turns out to be good. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, my God, I could never afford this. I better take as much as I can. <laughs> Like Christian Slater can definitely yeah. have his own caviar. Yeah, anytime he wants, like of the same party quality that Ted and Mary got, but he was just like chowing down on it. Um, and so he's pissed at Larry. Later on, Larry is walking down the street. Uh, this is like the next day or something. A woman tells him to smile, which he and he tells her to mind your own business. This was a weird exchange. Was like, yeah. what? What did this have to? I have do? no with anything unless we we learn that this woman's going to be a pa on the seinfeld special <laughs> yeah, yeah. or something or she's a network executive or something i don't know was this like something that was going on in pop culture like people telling other people to smile there was like some weird you know random acts of kindness campaign or something like i, I don't know it, it seems like it had that kind of Seinfeldian thing they used to do in scenes like when when Larry got I mean when Jerry got the um telemarketer call where he's like well why don't you give me your home number and you know I'll call you back when I have time he's like oh we're not supposed to give our home number he's like oh you don't want people calling you at home now you know how I feel and then hung up and got like a big <laughs> round of applause and it's like oh oh yeah I remember when telemarketers were new I just wondered this had the same kind of flavor to that it's like oh we better put something in about smile it's like mind your own business how about that I don't know what the deal with that was but Larry then calls the doctor thinking it was Jeff. He was accidentally, he accidentally called the doctor when he was trying to call Jeff and saying, uh, Which, we, we never learn that we, we never learn what uh, the doctor's first name is. Do we, or do we know already? Uh, you're going down the same road that I went down. And I don't think we do. Cause he says, your name is right below Jeff green, <laughs> but it's Dr. Morrison or Dr. Mor Mor Morris or something. Morrison. I think that's what I was right. Dr. Yeah. Morrison. I'm like, is his name Jeff Morrison? <laughs> Maybe Larry only has three people in his phone or like two people in his phone, <laughs> yeah, Jeff the, the, and Dr. The Morrison. The, the fact that G Morrison M is right below Green yeah. G. He's, he's got no fucking like H-I-J-K-L's. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. Maybe he's got Cheryl, and he's got Jeff Green, and then he's got Dr. Morrison. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this... Oh, Ted has to be in there somewhere, and Ted could be after Morrison, Ted, Ted, so Jeff and Ted, Dr. Morrison would still be right next to each yeah, other. Or, or D for dancing. Maybe he's before oh. Green. Maybe, maybe Larry... I, I can see Larry being the type of person to alphabetize it by last name. And and you think about it, dancing before green. Jerry Seinfeld after oh, Morrison. Oh, right. Jerry's number. Uh, <laughs> Julia Louis Dreyfus. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. D. Dreyfus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Louis, yeah. Even though it's a Louis Dreyfus hyphenated, yeah. he went with yeah. Dreyfus. Uh, uh, Jason Alexander. A. a. There yeah. you go. Michael Richards R. after Morrison. There you go. So are we saying now that. We're okay with Dr. Morrison I, I think, being right next to I, Jeff? I, I, think, I think it's canon <laughs> that, that, that Dr. Morrison M is right next to G, Jeff Green. I can't believe it. 
I can't believe we actually stumbled <laughs> I, on this. And I, I can see him not having Susie's number. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Why would he ever want that? <laughs> Why would he have Susie's number? Why would he need Susie's number? He calls Jeff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, you know, the, the doctor and Larry argue over whether an accidental call is still a call. I like Larry going, no, I, I didn't call. I accidentally called. And the doctor going, am I talking it's to you right now? Yeah. <laughs> then you called. <laughs> and he just keeps <laughs> On the line, he just keeps talking. This, to me, went on too long. I'm enjoying talking (laughs) about it with you, but I even wrote, drove (laughs) grade of show down. Wow. Yeah. I was like, I had to remind myself why I'm, uh, you know, my grade for this show, for this episode later, because (laughs) everything else is so funny. I was having such a good time watching everything else, but these scenes were like a parachute on a sprinter, like trying to make me laugh uh and and the one part of it i did like is when the the doctor goes have you hung up yet and larry's like no i haven't i'm going to the (laughs) restaurant tonight by the way he tries to like start another conversation um so i did like that when when he's like you can hang up at any time but so could the doctor it's like this was such a pointless (laughs) call the doctor could have hung up at any time um so over at mateo's which is at 2321 Westwood Boulevard. It opened in 1963 and was a favorite haunt of Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack, baby. Yeah, they used to hang out there all the time. I think because, from what I read, like a dude from Hoboken, where, where Sinatra was from, he moved to L.A. and opened this restaurant, and uh, Frankie loved that, that uh, you know a little bit of New York had made its way to L.A. So it closed in 2021, and their last post on Facebook was from July of 2021, pleading for employees. <laughs> and there's, I can't find, even Google still lists them as temporarily closed, though. I mean, their website is is sort of, you know, not being updated, it looks like. And so I, I don't know what the fate of Mateo's is. Um, there's no indication that they ever featured opera singers during dinner, so... This is something I guess kind of curb made up for the show, but I'm I'm kind of invested in Mateo's now, and I want to know if they'll ever reopen. What the story is? Why isn't there an LA Eater article about beloved Rat Pack hangout shuttered since July of 2021 or whatever? I don't know, but that's where Larry has gone out for his date with Mary Jane, and he spots or she spots rather, and he goes over to talk to Ted and Mary, who are there with Jeff and Susie, and. He's wondering why the Ted and Mary didn't take him with the give certificate that he gave them. And I can really see both sides. I don't know who's right in the situation because I agree with Larry that it's it's messed up that they brought somebody out to dinner with them to pay with the gift certificate that Larry gave them. I think but it's like, well, I don't know. It's weird because I agree with Mary that it's she's like, well, that would be like giving a gift to yourself if we brought you to dinner with a gift certificate that you gave to us so that's true she's got that right but it's also just kind of weird like i don't know go by yourself on the gift certificate you know it's like but then well who are you to say who they're allowed to bring out to dinner and spend this money on like no i, I don't know what where do you fall on this it was a very confusing social inter, uh, interaction on the me. whole like larry getting angry about the gift certificate thing or or specifically like i guess are you allowed to bring somebody out bring anyone else out on a gift certificate that you gave 
somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, is this situation messed, messed up that they brought Jeff and Susie? I, Especially as they're friends of Larry. I think the fact that Larry knows them, if they were strangers, I'd be like, oh, I don't know those people. They're getting a benefit. It's like I'm giving a gift to strangers, so I maybe feel a little bit... It's a weird situation. I think it's really yeah. only weird because Larry happened to be there that same night, but maybe they could have at least extended the offer. But also, once Larry gives that gift, it's theirs to choose what to do with it, and who to take to dinner. That is true. If Larry hadn't been there, he never would have found out. No, I mean, no, maybe Jeff have. would have told him or whatever. So that is what made it messed up. But it's like, I don't think they necessarily needed to ask Larry, but taking anybody. It's like, if you have a gift certificate, that was for you two. Like, split the check if you want to go out with a guest and save some of the gift certificate. It's especially weird that Larry knows Jeff and Susie and that that's who they took. And it's like, well, if you were going to take somebody you knew... Why not take me? It's one of the weirdest situations they've ever come up with, and I, I really appreciate that. But I did like Larry saying, you know, because Susie and Jeff are protesting that, like, what? We're here. They wanted to bring us. What do you, you know, it's a gift to them. They can do whatever they want with it. And Larry's like, well, at least I got him a gift and not a song. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings up the entire Sammy situation again and gets Susie pissed off all over again. But Larry tries to backtrack, you know, because she's like, you, you kill this little girl's confidence. She can't sing anymore. And Larry's like, oh, you know, he kind of tries to backtrack on it and go, oh, well, I mean, it's it's me, really. I just can't stand the sound of the human voice, which cracks Jeff up, which I which <laughs> I loved. <laughs> um, but Ted calls BS on that. He's like, oh, come on. No, that's not. He's like, no, my dad used to sing all the time and I didn't like it. So now when anybody sings, you know, he gets triggered and he has to tell him to shut up. Well, it's at that point that the opera singer comes out and he turns around to Susie who is staring at him, giving him that look that's like, all right, let's see you put your money where your mouth is. Someone <laughs> I, is I love in this. Public. This was great. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. It was a real showdown. And Larry <laughs> rises to the occasion and cuts off the opera singer. <laughs> in just the funniest way, like, okay, uh, thank you. Thank you. We're eating. We're eating. We don't need thank you. He's like clapping. and like, <laughs> just Everyone's just shocked like, at what's going on. Um, so over at... 1000 Ocean, which is on East Ocean Boulevard in Long Beach, not Ocean Avenue. I'm sorry, Yellow Card fans. There's a place where no. Yeah, damn. Um, which, by the way, is about, on a, you know, with no traffic, you're going to make it there in about 30 minutes from Mateo's. <laughs> really, honestly, I'd leave yourself 45 minutes if you're going to go from Mateo's to 1000 Ocean in Long Beach. Um, it just seemed a little far away to me. Uh, but I guess everything in L.A. is is spread out, so maybe it's not that crazy. Uh, it is 66 units of just beautiful beachfront property, Ted. I mean, I was looking at some of these. They're a little dated on the inside, I got to admit. But, I mean, for instance, unit 401 is on the market right now. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,568-square-foot condo. Uh, it's got a balcony, two garage spaci- Ooh, spaces. Okay. Yeah, and it's $1.6 million. <sighs> But I mean, there's nothing between you and the sand except four floors of condominium. It's like literally just right, right there. It's pretty awesome. Oh, and by the way, uh, there's a seven hundred and sixty dollar a month HOA fee as well. Seven hundred and sixty dollar a yeah. month. <laughs> so in addition I don't to your mortgage, half of that for a year. <laughs> oh damn, you got an HOA? Yeah. Oh boy, watch out! Yeah. Watch out for those Christmas lights and parking your car in the wrong spot. Yeah. Um, I guess you got to do what you got to do. 
Um, I hope you have, have they given you any trouble yet? I'm just curious. No, no trouble. No, yet. good. No, good, everything's good, good. everything's decent. Uh, but like <laughs> it, this, um, this community seems very lax because people are constantly parking like fucking four uh, cars in the driveway, cars in the street, cars in the little strip of grass that separates uh, the road from the sidewalk. Uh, garbage, g- garbage cans. I guess they're like really stringent about, but oh. Uh, uh, it's, it's basically, yeah, just get it in before 8am the next day. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, I can do that. Jesus. That's we nothing. have a township rule about that. I guess probably every town does. So you're not loading up garbage by your front door. It's probably a common thing, but I was looking at, and they were like, don't put it out more than something like 24 hours beforehand or something. Yeah. And it has yeah. to be back in whatever, but I've left it out like all weekend. <laughs> I'm like lazy about it. Sarah's like, is the trash can still out there? I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, sorry. God, we, we just don't go out the front door at all. You know, we go out the garage and then we pull out and then I'm like, oh, there's the trash can still there. Whoops. Um, but no one's ticketed me for it yet, but I, I can't wait until the first petty HOA argument that you're a party to where <laughs> you know someone someone breaks one rule and then when they're told to change it they go around to look at all the other rules that everyone's breaking and they make a list and they you know and it becomes <laughs> a huge thing um i'm speaking from my parents experience by the way uh so yeah seven but but for for your 760 dollars a month you get you know a beautiful like uh club area with like a nice terrace and you know pool table and 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 an indoor pool and workout room and stuff like that so you know you're as long as you got 1.6 mil to drop on a beachfront apartment you might as well you know enjoy the amenities but larry is there making out with mary jane and he sure enough can't unhook the bra with his right hand so he asks her to switch sides and this was very reminiscent of a Seinfeld episode, season nine, episode 14, The Implant, where George can't make a move because his girlfriend, Betsy, Megan Mullally, keeps sitting on the wrong side of the couch. Uh, George can't make a move from left to right or from right to left. I figure which which version it was. But you remember this episode where then I do, he has yeah. to, yeah, <laughs> he ends up going to the uh, the funeral with her. And like trying to get a bereavement fair on the airline and stuff like that. Oh, and it's double dip, the double dip episode, of course, as well. But uh, yeah, so I'm like this. I guess this really must have been a Larry David thing uh, that they decided to double dip on uh, as well. (laughs) Sure enough, uh, Larry still can't take off her bra because the bandage is too constricting. And so he takes that off and throws it out. Um, Mary Jane offers him some homemade pie. But earlier they were talking about what a horrible cook she always was. Uh, but she convinces Larry to try some as there's a phone call, and it's her boyfriend. Uh, she tells Larry to be quiet, but the pie is so bad, he exclaims in oh disgust. My God, like a fucking child. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. oh! <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, and so it's perhaps, uh, you know, <laughs> because of hearing that sound, the boyfriend decides to come over. Uh, and, and by the way, it was probably at this point that I thought, for the longest time, it was going to be Christian Slater. Me too. I uh, like they were I, they were they setting were, that up the whole episode. Yeah, they were really setting that up, and they just kind of <laughs> blue balled us on the payoff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you don't like. Surely someone looked at this and gone, you know, you guys are making this seem like Christian Slater is the boyfriend. <laughs> like, oh, no one's going to think that. No one's going to think that. No, uh, no. Every everyone thought that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I wonder, I mean, I don't see any reason why it couldn't have been except the end. And I'm like, you could have just written another ending where Christian Slater gets his revenge on Larry David. 
which yeah. we already know because of the tease, by the way. So that fucking <laughs> whole thing is blown up. Um, <laughs> I guess the synopsis writer was also pissed. They were like, this is dumb. I'm just going to write the whole thing out. But so uh, the boyfriend's coming over, and so she kicks Larry out. Uh, so he's not there. Uh, over at Palisades Village Center, which is at 881 Alma Real Drive in Pacific Palisades. Uh, it is, you know, just offices and stuff. It looks like the Palisadian Post is there, I guess, kind of a community newspaper. Uh, and the last time Google drove by, it was covered in scaffolding. So oh. I guess it was getting a little bit of a facelift. Yeah. yeah. But it's Larry's doctor's office. It's Dr. Morrison's office. And Larry, first of all, is remarking that the food was awful at Mateo's. He hated his experience there. <laughs> I thought this was the perfect time for a great joke that they just decided not to use because Larry's like, you know, the doctor's like, oh, well, I, I've never had a better Osso And Larry's like, I had the Osso And I was like, what a perfect time to call it awful buco. I mean, that's, I think oh, you could have worked that yeah. in no problem. That been so good. <laughs> More like awful buco. He uh, apologizes. Larry does apologize for calling the doctor, but he also drops in that he knows where the doctor lives. Hey, we live in the same neighborhood. You live in that house with the, the arbor, that thing, that like uh, thing over at the arch. Um, and it's because the uh, receptionist gave Larry all the doctor's info when she was giving him the phone number. And he asks if he should, you know, what he should do with his hand. He's like, well, you can wrap it or you can leave it unwrapped. I think it'll be fine unwrapped. And Larry, he can't take his medical recommendation after such a horrible restaurant recommendation. And as, as much as I agree with the doctor, I like this exchange. The doctor goes, they're totally different. And Larry goes, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, wrap it up. And I love the doctor. Oh, Morrison going, okay, doctor, yeah. you're the boss. All right, yeah. doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back at home, uh, Mary Jane calls and her boyfriend found, Larry's working out, and his, her boyfriend found the bandage in the trash, knows it's Larry's, and that was another clue that it's Christian Slater because Christian Slater saw him with the bandage on his hand. I was like, oh, boy, it's Christian Slater yeah. because how else would you know a random bandage in the trash would be Larry David's? It's because you saw him at a party where he had a bandage and mentioned that he ran into Mary Jane, your girlfriend, like, fuck, guys. <laughs> I'm mad about yeah, this. Yeah, it's very <laughs> – I, I can't say it's it's lazy storytelling because it's the opposite of lazy. They did a lot of work to not give us the payoff that they were so clearly building toward. Exactly. Maybe that's why they consider it a genius twist. Like, ah, everyone's going to think it's Christian's. Like, like no, it just made me It's a fucking, like, M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> level twist. Whenever you yeah, see, like, yeah. g generic meathead number four walk out of the restroom, I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, you're not, you're not Christian Slater? Okay. Yeah. It's I mean, definitely a post the village reveal because it's just so <laughs> awful you know it's a, it's a, the happening twist to it's like the plants were killing people um, okay i hardly think that qualifies as a twist but okay um yeah it's like just the the twist is we don't know the guy like, yeah oh, uh, <laughs> thanks <laughs> um yeah so uh where the, where the oh so the, the, the boyfriend's coming over and because she gave him the you know her, her larry's phone number and address the car a car pulls up but larry escapes and i guess he runs out the back door down the 600 block of moreno avenue about 40 minutes from 1000 ocean boulevard by the way 
so again, not crazy for LA, I suppose. But I do want to mention that it was 40 minutes away from 1000 Ocean Avenue because that means she waited 39 minutes to call Larry. <laughs> like, he's literally 40 minutes away. I did the – and it's like, uh, should I – I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to watch an episode of Ted Lasso, and then I'll call <laughs> – then I'll go to the bathroom and, and and make some dinner. And while dinner's cooking, then I'll call Larry David. It def- like- definitely wasn't <laughs> an episode of Ted Lasso from season three. That's for sure. That, those episodes oh, are they- were so bloated. Yeah. Oh, were they really long? The, it, it's a 30-minute show, and the episodes of season four were like 45 minutes at their shortest. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, maybe it's season one. Maybe she's still loving it. <laughs> or I don't know what she's watching in 2009. Uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. I'll watch an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. She's watching an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, And then I'll call Larry, 40 minutes away. Uh, Because he makes it there right as he's still on the phone with with Mary Jane. Uh, But so Larry escapes, runs down the street, sees the doctor's house. Even though he told the doctor, I'll never call and I'll never drop by. Because just like the phone number, don't ever use it. And now that you know where I live, don't knock on the door. Don't come to my house. And Larry's like, fine, I won't. <laughs> Except he does. <laughs> and so this interaction was pretty funny because as much as he tells Larry not to do what he's doing, and Larry finds a way to do it either accidentally or out of an emergency, um, it, it was pretty funny how exasperated the doctor was. What are you doing here? He keeps trying to talk to his wife. He's like, will you let me stay here? I'll stay in the guest room. He's like, don't bring Mrs. Morrison into this. And he's like, I'll stay on the steps. He's like, all night? You're going to sit on the steps all night? <laughs> And, and this was great, too. Larry's like, what about the Hippocratic Oath? And the doctor's like, I'll tell you what. If you're hurt, if, he's like, you're sending me out there to get hurt. This guy's going to beat me up. He's like, when you're hurt, come back, and I'll treat you. <laughs> like, that's the Hippocratic Oath. I, I can only do no harm after harm's already been done. You know, like, me sending you out is not doing harm to you. Someone else is going to do that. Um, his hands are clean. And so Larry leaves, and he runs to Ted's. Uh, by the way, Ted and the doctor were both disgusted by Larry's gym shorts. <laughs> but he was working out in the privacy of his own home and had to run. Uh, but they are those like loose, flowy, like high cut on the sides gym shorts. Um, and his pasty ass white legs. It was quite a sight. Um, Ted, first of all, berates Larry because the opera singer that he shut off has lost all of his confidence, just like Sammy did. He has he can't sing anymore. Larry says that he will apologize to the opera singer. But also the gift certificate comes up again, and Ted gives Larry $150 um, if that's what it means to him. He's like, here, here you go, $150. Go buy yourself some pants and slams the door on him. And so Larry locks on Jeff's door or knocks on Jeff's door, and he is let in, even by Susie, who takes a little bit of pity on Larry. Like, oh, my gosh, yes, come in. Yeah, geez, uh, someone's after you, yeah. Uh, and so they let Larry sleep at their house in the in the guest room. But the next morning, I could see by the alarm clock, it looked about 7 a.m. as as far as I could see on the alarm clock next to Larry's uh, bed. And Sammy is singing, waking Larry up. And he, in increasing volume each time, tells her to shut the fuck up until she hears it and starts crying. And then Susie, it was kind of funny how we hear all this while Larry is like, Trying to go back to sleep. He's like, hey, what? <laughs> uh, and Susie runs up and kicks Larry out of the house for telling Sammy to shut the fuck up. But, like, rightly so. I can't imagine one of my friends telling yeah, my, 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 my kid to shut the fuck up. It's like, uh, no. So over at Mateo's, which, by the way, kind of looked like, I don't think it was because I think I found out what this place actually was. But it kind of had the same layout as 
the karaoke bar from Mel's offer with like the random posts. And when I saw the stage, I was like, Hey, is that, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was. Um, but Jeff is, or Larry is apologizing to the opera singer and he gets him back out there to sing an aria. But that's when Larry across the restaurant notices Mary Jane. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm here with my boyfriend. He's in the bathroom. He doesn't know what you look like. Um, <laughs> even though he could have Googled Larry David, the very famous co-creator of Seinfeld and known what he looks like. Yeah. Larry's uh, not, uh, nobody like what, exactly Larry's uh, uh that, that's me that's like me not knowing who like what Pete Davidson looks like like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've never met Pete Davidson I have no reason to personally know Pete Davidson but if I see him in a restaurant I'm like you're Pete Davidson aren't you especially as the current news cycle in the show <laughs> is probably Seinfeld reunion. Yeah. So everyone signed deals, yeah. including Larry David. Larry like, here's a David picture is of everybody. Back. Seinfeld <laughs> reunion taking place. I'm like, yeah. I mean, granted, you can be like a, a separated from Hollywood news of like, oh, yeah. what, what's coming to TV this fall or, or something. But yeah. you live in fucking Hollywood. You're, you're not going to be like averse to that. You're in a town where variety gets printed on paper. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're in a town where people pick up the new issue of Variety in a fucking paper box in 2009. And Larry's, and Larry's picture, even if it was a tiny little box, was on the cover <laughs> of at least one of the issues recently. Um, yeah, but so he, he, Larry leaves, but he literally runs into the boyfriend. And again, it's some, um, we don't know this guy. We've never seen him before. Just a nondescript meathead. And uh, but when Larry kind of like says excuse me and raises his hand, the dude sees the bandage and goes, "Hey, are you Larry David?" <laughs> and although Larry says no, he does. Uh, it does give him away, and he he runs out of the restaurant. Which passing, th thankfully yeah. he does. Talk, talking about the meathead because that, that's yeah. exactly the point that we're pointing out. You know, he's he's gonna know who Larry is, even if it's not just for the bandage. Which I know that's the reason he points out. Are you Larry David? But like, yeah. Again, Larry's not a nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous to pretend that he is. I know. Especially in, yeah, in the city he lives in where he made a very <laughs> good living. And, um, but yeah, so he, he passes Christian Slater, who is pulling up in a car to the restaurant. And the guy runs out. And so Christian Slater goes, Hey, are you looking, hey, are you looking for Larry David? I can't do <laughs> no, that wasn't awful. bad. That wasn't bad. Yeah. I, you got get a little more nasally if you can. I, I think it's got to be like a, hey, are you looking for Larry hey. David? Hey, are you hey, looking for hey, Larry hey. David? I'm, I'm a little too nasal. Hey, are you looking for Larry David? Hey, hey are you hey. looking? Hey, are you looking for Larry David? You're getting like no, too, I don't getting know. like too I, sexy getting... with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Well, that's hey, Christian Slater. Hey, are you looking for Larry David? Hey, hey, are you looking for Larry David? I think it's somewhere in there. Yeah. Hey, it's are it's you almost for Larry David. They've, he's always had a very similar timber to Jack Nicholson. So maybe if you start with like a, you know, giant bat terrorizes city. Hey, are you looking for Larry David? Hey. Is that yeah, That was good. Better? That was good. It's more, yeah. It's more throaty. I don't know. Yeah. But it might, it's, my Jack Nicholson and Christian Slater are essentially the same then. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think you just got to go. Get a load of just, me. just try and like age your voice down for Christian Slater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, are you looking for Larry David? There you uh, go. Like, I think that, that was that okay. I think wow. that's the best one. 
Wow, I did it. I wasn't going <laughs> to give it another go, but I just, you know, I, I, I made it a little less raspy, and somehow I ended up I think there. that's it. All right. I think that might be the key. Jack Nicholson, so, <laughs> but just a little less raspy. <laughs> uh, I remember one of my favorite, you know, it's, it's not just me that notices this. One of my favorite um, openings to The Critic which you know always lampooned popular movies and and people mm-hmm. they once they had a movie with Jack Nicholson, Christian Slater and William Devane all which was another actor who had a very similar sounding voice and it was like i forget what they call it, a few good it was a, it was a takeoff of a few good men because yeah. Jack Nicholson's like, you can't handle the truth. And Christian Slater's like, what do you mean I can't handle the truth? And William Devane's like, uh, he plays the court stenographer. And like, <laughs> uh, can the stenographer read that back? And he goes, what do I look like? A freaking minor bird? <laughs> <laughs> I've always remembered that. I was like, that's that's a funny bit. Because they all have the same voice. Uh, but so Christian Slater points out Larry David to where he's hiding behind a dumpster. As the boyfriend's shadow falls over Larry's hiding place. Frolic starts up. And that is the end of the episode. Whew, all right. What do we got for homework this week? I didn't write anything down. Wow. Nothing. Okay. Uh, I know. I I did find something that we can go over if you want to. There is a oh. an article from SheKnows.com. 15 uh-huh. hilarious social rules created by Curb Your Enthusiasm. It definitely sounds fruitful, but I feel we've already gone on too long already. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure. Save for, oh, for save later. For, save save for next week. Okay. Yeah. Next time. Got I'll, it. Uh, I'm gonna send you this uh, this link right here in the chat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you awesome. can uh, open it up and look at it for uh, for for next week or something. Sweet. <laughs> but no, that's that's the only thing I I can think of. Uh, what do you like for okay. cover art this week? <sighs> Let me see. Cover art, man. What do we got? Um, I know we we've done this before. I know we don't really like doing it, but uh, it's the end shot of Larry cowering in fear <laughs> next to the dumpster, and you just see the giant shadow <laughs> come over him. I mean, I, I like that. I also like Larry and Christian Slater at the caviar table at the snack table. Might be good. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Any anything like that. Okay, uh, let's see what we can do about this week's description. Yes. So we had Larry rats out Christian Slater at Ted and Mary's anniversary party, but later gets his payback at a restaurant rendezvous. Dang it. I mean, we we have to get rid of it, right? I'd burn it down. <laughs> burn it all down. Speaking of burning, how do you like Larry reconnects with an old flame? Huh? Hmm? Mm-hmm. and larry all right but do we need to bring in the hot towel that's the weird thing about this episode it all it all it has nothing to do with the hot towel and yet the hot towel starts everything hmm. oh. so we got we have larry and mj we have larry and the doctor and we have larry and christian slater we have larry and and ted and mary i mean damn they crammed a lot of larry feuds into this episode okay here here we go i'm i got a pun filled one all right after suffering a burn, Larry reunites with an old flame hey, hey. and ignites a feud with friends. It's not bad. Ignites a feud with friends is a little hilarity ensues because it kind of happens every episode. Yeah, but, that's true. Ign- um, I mean, we can just say ignites, uh, ignites a feud with... We can make it a little more specific. Yeah. I mean, you could say with Christian Slater because that kind of lets us know. What do we say? Ignites a feud with... Ted and Mary 
guest star Christian Slater <laughs> <laughs> in parentheses. We play that old trick <laughs> to buy us some buy us some words. Um, so what about all right, Larry? Larry stretches the rules of doctor patient contact, reunites with an old flame. I don't know. The first part may be a little too long. How did you? Oh, Larry burns his hand. See, I feel like we could bring the doctor in more. Like Larry is it, is something like Larry contacts his doctor too broad or not? Larry, uh, what about Larry tests the boundaries with his doctor? Yeah, Larry, I, I like. You can even save a little bit of time and go. Larry tests his doctor's boundaries. Yeah, there we go. Reunites with an old flame and ignites a feud with Christian Slater. Yeah, I think that's fine. The only thing we leave out is the the gift certificate, but I, don't I think, think that's that's a I D. think that's that's a D story. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm happy. I love it. All right, so what do we got? <laughs> Larry, wait. Larry tests. <laughs> Larry tests his doctor's boundaries. Is that it? Yeah, Larry tests his doctor Larry doctor's t- boundaries. Re- comma reunites with an old flame mm-hmm. and ignites a feud with Christian Slater. Love it. There we Love go. It. Man, it's one of our best. Some of our best work. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. All right, yep. Tim. Did you like this episode? Okay. I gave this a star low. And as I've okay. already mentioned, because like I cracked up through the whole thing. There was some hilarious when when he's like quieting Sammy and the singer. My, I, It was like that sort of like mouth agape, cringy laughter. And, you know, so I got some big laughs from this episode i thought christian slater was great uh i hope we see him again i don't think we will but i thought he was hilarious uh playing himself in this but what dragged it down was his interactions with the late great philip baker hall yeah like man they were so just... elongated just, yeah just to make time it felt like yeah so but but when i was i love that we have this baseline episode of um, not the reunion, but vehicular fellatio now, where it's like, was it better than vehicular fellatio? Yeah, I think it was. So mm, okay, okay, yeah. So I had to give it a star low. What about you? So okay, I uh, I thought it was. I- I'm kind of in the same boat with you, but here's what I'm thinking. I came up with an entirely new <laughs> ranking, so I'm gonna give this a star high low. I like, ah. I like it better than vehicular fellatio, but I like it not as much as the reunion, which I gave a full star. Totally so makes sense. So I, I want it to be the highest of my star lows, at least for yeah. now. Yes. I don't want to give it a full star because I want to see what else is out there. We're only on right. episode four of the season. Uh, yeah. I, I, so I'm giving it a star high low. I like it. It is the highest like- ranking of my star lows. <laughs> I feel like I had a, a star low plus at one point. You could be wrong about that. But I get, I get exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. You don't want to blow your star wad this I early. I don't. I don't. This early in Cockfest. <laughs> Pee pee poo poo Cockfest? No, we cannot. Can't, can't blow our load. Um, okay. <laughs> so, all right. All right. We both kind of ended up in the same, in the same neighborhood as yeah, far as ratings. Yeah. All right. Uh, next week, we have got season seven, episode five. Um, the title on Max is not the full title, oddly oh. enough. Um, I clicked on more info and it cut it off. Uh, but I, I looked on Google and it had the, the full title. But season seven, episode five, Denise Handicapped. That's what it's called? I guess. Yeah. It, Weird. I mean, 
on Max, it says Denise Handicap. Huh. Denise Handicapped. All right. Yeah, I. it's a very... Very weird name. Uh, original air date, October 18th, 2009. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry learns to embrace the upside of disability without actually being disabled and looks to disprove a rumor. Well, another rumor about Larry, or is this the same rumor about the gerbil up the ass or mm, whatever it was? I don't know. Uh, and the, the you know, handy-capable humor is going to be... We'll have to see oh, where I'm, that goes. I'm sure it's going to be mwah, <laughs> chef's kiss, <Yeah>. timeless <laughs> humor. Yes, yeah, we'll see. All right, <laughs> is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right, for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallowell. Be good. Be good.